Trying to decide whether that new game is worth your $60? Or maybe you're just wondering if an old game is worth your time. Well, you came to the right place. This is the only podcast that tries to answer the question. Should I buy it, though? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Should I Buy It, Though? I'm Rock and Rolling Stone. I'm Molly. Come here. I'm Amethyst Stone. <laughs> that actually kind of works. I don't have a stone pun. Hi. <laughs> I'm a stone. Hi, I'm Nicholas Palazzo. Hi, I'm Nicholas Palazzo is stone. <laughs> if his students are listening, no, he is not. Stay in school. Don't do drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, kids. All right, uh, and today we're actually we're we're switching up our formula a little bit. Today we're going to be talking about a number of subjects. Uh, and joining us today for for the first time in a while is Monsieur Michael Pisani. So welcome. Hey, Woo-hoo. hi, <laughs> it's a me, a Michael. <laughs> Always a pleasure to be here. Um, but yeah, so uh, we've all kind of brought in our own little things that we've been talking about. It's a, it's a new format we're going to be trying out, uh, and so we can kind of share the share the love on on the numerous pieces of entertainment and media that we've been consuming. Um, why don't we jump right into it? I would love to come in with my recommendation for the week. Mm-hmm. Um, if that tells you off the bat how I feel about it, Deep Rock Galactic. Yes. Um, so this is, yes, I would like to give a review to the listeners at home, but I am also largely trying to sell my friends who are on the call with me (laughs) to, uh, to buy it so that I can play with you all. For those of you who are not familiar, Deep Rock, uh, Galactic is a, it's a first person shooter game. You can play it on your own, but I think it is best cooperative. It's up to four players. Uh, and it came out a while ago. I'm trying to look it up here when it came out. Okay, so it's official. There you go. Yeah, that was its early access release, and then its official release was in 2020. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they are currently on their, I believe it's season four right now. It looks like they do one season a year. Um, I just want to preface this with saying, like, I have never been, like, a Fortnite boy or (laughs) anything like that. Like, I don't really get super hooked on online games beyond the idea of, like, oh, it's my way of playing with this friend, and so I'll play it whenever I'm Mm -hmm. hanging out with them. Mm -hmm. Um, Deep Rock is the first one to actually get me hooked and the first one to ever motivate me to be, like... I kind of think I want to finish the season pass no, before, like, it, uh, before it expires. Not only that, but so there's like a certain, there's like lots of skill trees that you can unlock. And basically, just to give you the rundown, when you load in, you pick what kind of, dwar- oh, it's space dwarves that mine. And there are right, aliens. right, yeah. We, we didn't give you the rundown yeah, for what the, yeah. act, the game actually is at all. Uh, you are playing as dwarves for a company called Deep Rock Galactic, so you're going out and you're mining on different planets and mm-hmm, asteroids mm-hmm. and that sort of Looking thing. For fighting different, yes, fighting it, different exactly. monsters kind uh, of thing. And so there's a lot of shooting, a lot of mining, a lot of kind of strategy, and uh, the, the whole thing is you can mix and match classes however you want you Mm -hmm. can have four gunners if you want but there are four unique classes which like i don't want to get too lost in the weeds because we have so much to talk about today but But. they are all so immaculately specked out and they're all such a such a joy to play um i started playing as the engineer and didn't touch anything else and then i've I've slowly made my way through some of the others yeah so the classes are driller 
engineer, scout, and gunner. And I started as a driller and I was like, I'm content to stay the driller. That's it. Like, I like being able to drill holes and be useful in that way and then stay in the back when monsters come. But I have become an achievement chaser for Deep Rock Galactic Mm -hmm. and I usually don't care about achievements. But like, I like seeing those achievements, I get like, that dopamine rush now so and you get like certain achievements for leveling up every class so it's just one of those i've never felt the need to like continue playing a game past like to try to unlock everything in a game i'm usually like yeah i'll play it i'll play it with friends like if it's a story i'll complete the story and then i'm good but like we've been playing this game for months i at least um i i think we have about the same amount of hours mm-hmm. i have just shy of a hundred hours in it now and like we're gonna play it again tonight like because that's yeah. the, it's mission based and there's it's always different and you can work together and there's different things to unlock and there's different missions and assignments and it's it's very like the replayability factor also if this is piquing your interest they just released a roguelite in the Deep Rock Galactic world. Yeah, I don't know if it's any good. Disclaimer, I don't know either, I but it. they it literally just like got announced, so there's potential. I I have not played it, but sounds cool. Yeah, it's a it's Deep Rock Survivor, I think, mm-hmm. like in the style mm-hmm. of Vampire Survivor mm-hmm. and that that kind of game. But um, yeah, the classes are so much fun because with the you're you're mining, you have kind of a hologram map. First of all, the aesthetic, great. It's kind of like that weird like. Not quite low polygon, but kind of like simplistic enough graphics. Um, but it looks beautiful. It's very uh, stylized. Those um, miners are. Yeah, you have ugly. tons of armor and cosmetics to unlock. Great, the- <laughs> great thing is there are like DLCs that you can you know buy to unlock extra like cosmetics. But as far as the game itself, there is no like microtransactiony like. Oh, pay for the season pass or, yeah. you know, give me a hundred bucks. And On I'll another give you... note, I've never really been motivated to purchase in-game cosmetic enhancements for a character. It's been like, nah, this is my character and I'm good. But like, <laughs> number one, the cosmetic enhancements are fun. And number two, they're so ugly. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, they're very like, ugly they're dwarves. They're so <laughs> ugly dwarves. And so it's fun to get them different hair. And like, because you can also unlock like green and golden skin and like purple hair and like things like that and so if anyone has (laughs) if anyone has ever wondered what it's like to be a man who has to hide behind a beard (laughs) this game is for you because oh boy these dwarves oh man man they are busted underneath those beards (laughs) but we love them we love them oh one of my also uh completely unrelated to the missions but the lobby has things to interact with. Like, there's a bar. You can buy drinks that enhance you. There's a jukebox, and they'll make you dance, and you'll do, like, ballerina dances or, like, the flaws. It's really fun. And management will, like, chew you out. Yeah, they'll be like, uh, I hope you're better miners than you are dancers. Yeah, they'll be like, I hope you're better miners than you are dancers. And you can, like, kick a barrel into a circle to try to get points or do Flappy Bird with a jet boot. You can, you know, make the gravity go away so you're just floating. So... 
not only are the missions fun, but the lobby, like, you're never going to be just waiting in the lobby. Yeah, this all sounds kind of dumb and simplistic when you, like, (laughs) say it in words. But when you're in the game, um, I I mean, it, it is dumb and simplistic. But, like, you can tell that it is one of those, like, really lovingly crafted indie games Mm -hmm. um and i hope that they continue to support it and make money off of this for years to come because it is it's really wonderful and so uh you know the missions there are lots of different mission types one to keep it fresh you have assignments that you can get to Mm -hmm. uh unlock new weapons or abilities Mm -hmm. or certain Mm -hmm. things to unlock the higher difficulty levels uh, because you can adjust the difficulty levels you have to do that you can promote your dwarves to be able to unlock more perk slots there's there's a lot of depth to like this very surface like simple uh game type and then as far as the mission types you know you can be out there collecting alien eggs and of course the alien hordes come Mm -hmm, after you every time mm -hmm. you grab an egg uh you could just be mining certain things and collecting flowers for your bonus thing Mm -hmm. uh you could be setting up like um like liquid morkite wells where it's it's kind of like an oil well and, and so you have to connect like all the lines coaster. which you can ride like a roller coaster mm-hmm. uh and then you have to defend the lines while they pump out all the morkite and then at the end of each mission it's not just about accomplishing the objectives but then you have to get back on the drop pod and make it out while like the swarms are coming in mm-hmm. and it's one of those like it it it's very cyberpunky in the way that like the company clearly does not care whether you live or die yeah. and it's like you know Protect the objective at all costs, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Guarded with your life. And sometimes you get off the drop pod and they're like, the last miners that did this job fought with their life and lost it. Yeah. Do better. (laughs) And it's like, Yeah, and you can find like, um, because for example, you can call resupply pods. You can find the previous crews like resupply pods abandoned like in the... And their broken armor and like... Yeah, It's, it's it's very cool. I love I love the aesthetic of it and like uh, on top of like mission variety and difficulty stuff. Uh, right now, the current season is um, I think it's called Critical Corruption, and the mm-hmm. whole idea is is the idea of rockpox, which is this like disease that spreads across the bugs and the ground itself. And so every now and then you have to call down a cleansing pod, and you have to foam everything down and vacuum it up, and you get some extra points for doing those. Mm-hmm. Or like there are special missions that have like crazy infestations. Um, but I really like the way they do that in particular because it keeps the same formula so interesting. So you can get like rock pox infestations. Every now and then you can end up on like this ice map where everything is slippery and the monsters all have like special ice And it effects. looks really pretty too. Yeah. We did one, which I've only seen once and I've never seen again, where like there are, there are these massive um, bugs basically that like hunt you down that, mm-hmm. that can kill you very, very quickly. Very quickly. And in one of the maps, there was a ghost. Yeah. So it was just chasing you relentlessly the and whole you time, but there was no it. way to kill it. So the whole thing was just you had to like keep it at bay long enough to complete the mission. It was like... I'd never seen that before either. It was super cool. Yeah, it's very cool. And so I'm excited to see what they do with like the next season where like they can kind of skin these things over mm-hmm. and introduce new elements that keep that same core really fun. They just had the Lunar Festival right now, which was celebration of the Chinese New Year. And so that was a lot more simple, but the base was decorated and there were special activities. You could and like then when touch you were... the fireworks and they would go off. Yeah, like... and then when you would go out uh, to the mission's like during the missions you could recover lost animal statues to get double xp and the stuff lunar like that. The lunar dragon. Yeah. It's it's really really fun and the most like glowing review that I have for it is that everyone that I've introduced it to has loved the game. Yeah, if you need to know 
John's little brother yes. is, it's very hard to get him to like things, but yeah. when he likes them, he likes them a lot, like Fortnite, for example. <laughs> and so there have been a few times where we've tried to play games with him and he's been like, but why? I don't get the point or this is uninteresting to me. That's and, not real. Why do they have powers? Exactly. <laughs> but John bought him Deep Rock and we play with him one night and I shit you not, a couple days later, he is level 15 and he is teaching us things. And we yeah. were like, oh, wow, okay, so you really like this. And now he's, like, level who knows what, and he's, he's playing it with his friends, too. So if that gives you any indication of how... Also, I would say it's beginner-friendly for the very, most part. Very much so, because even when we're playing... Um, we played with one of our friends and her cousin who was, like, way level, higher like level 50. than us. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, but it was... it was uh, It's very adaptable in that, like, as you progress your character and unlock these perks, you kind of gain more power. So if you want to throw people into more complicated missions, um, it's kind of easier for you to, like, help carry the new players through. And so, yes, you can have, like, you know, now I play with my brother very, very often mm-hmm. uh, because he likes the game so much. But I also have... We also have some friends who, like are every into in games but aren't really gamers and like yeah. forget the controls every time we log on um but still like you know we can play it and have a good time mm-hmm. and it's really i don't know it's it's really cool to see that especially for like an online game yeah which are so hit or miss for me more mm-hmm. often miss uh to have like a, a multiplayer online thing that is so enjoyable by like so many a people. wide array of people yeah yeah glowing reviews so um if you're interested it's available on PlayStation, Xbox, and Steam. So I guess the only thing it's not available on is Switch. Um, I'm not entirely sure if there's crossplay. I know there's crossplay between PC and uh, and Xbox. I don't know if PlayStation enabled it because I know not they're a little sure. iffier with that kind of stuff sometimes. But if you if you're listening to this and you can play single player, uh, the game gives you a bot that follows you around. His name to kind is of Bosco. Yeah, uh, and that kind of makes up for the lack of uh, of support. When you're playing by yourself, yeah, and it goes on sale often. Um, Very often, I yeah. bought it for what was it nine ten, bu- ten bucks? No, nine ninety nine, wasn't like it? 15. Yeah, I think it was fifteen, something like that. Uh, so like, I had a Steam gift card sitting there, and I bought it for both of my brothers and gifted it to them. Yeah, uh, for thirty bucks, which is great. And I think normally it's about thirty dollars on uh, like at regular price, mm-hmm. which is really not a bad asking price. Uh, I don't think like this is. I love indie games. I get excited about indie games often. Um, but this, I, I'm especially excited about this one and the replayability of this it's, one. Uh, you're never going to play the same mission twice. Yeah. It, in in a way be. that I just like have not been about anything, let alone yeah. an online game in like also, a hot second. Also, the sound design when you mine minerals is so satisfying. Very satisfying. I'm like, let me do it all day. <laughs> like, Yeah. Um, but I think that covers everything yeah. I had to say about Deep Rock. Mm-hmm. Um... Needless to say, it's a you should buy it though for me. You should buy it though. You should buy it twice. You should buy it to give to your friends. Exactly. And then you'll be going around saying, Molly, come here. Yes, yes. I love every now and then Deep Rock will come up 
in some like online comment thread or something and all the responses because your guys say like the funniest shit and everything is rock and stone they go look at me i'm stony rock yeah Uh, rock and stone rock and roll and stone like stupid shit like that yeah and all the comments just devolve into stupid deep rock quotes and then every now and then your guy goes today management is going to take notice of me and i'm like yes they are bestie yes they are like (laughs) oh the true villain once again capitalism Exactly. There's Even a beer in space. that makes you smart, and when you drink it, he starts talking about unionizing, but then the effects wear off as he goes. So he's like, you know, I really think if we all were to come together, we could really push Deep Rock into... And then it kind of devolves, and he goes, nah, I just need another beer. Yeah. Like- <laughs> it's so stupid, oh, no. but it's so funny. It's so entertaining it's so to, like, emote with other people and unlock stupid beards and hats. And- yeah. Yeah, it's it's a blast. Even when I lose, it's fun. Yeah, uh, which is which is fantastic. But that's a uh, that's me. Have I sold any of you on it? For me, I tend to struggle with first person shooters. Um, I find I I I find aiming in first person shooters really difficult. Um, and I find that I don't often do well. Um, and that then gets me frustrated. But you said yeah. that there like are other roles that like kind of hang back when the bad guys come in. So that yes, that role <laughs> might the be driller, my way in. I have loved um, being the driller because you you're the one that like drills things out of the way. You can also drill enemies. So if they get too close to you, then you can just get them away. You have like bombs you can throw and a flamethrower to keep things away from you. Yeah, so. I I really love the scout. Um, they have a little grapple gun, so you can't really help other people as much like there's an engineer who can put down platforms to help people get places the scout can't really help other people as much but you're fast and Mm -hmm. you can just zip away at any point in time and then then there's the gunner which is my brother's preferred class where it's just kill everything i just remember um not we'll we'll, uh not to get too off topic but i remember (laughs) um we were trying new classes and your brother tried the driller and was like bro, the driller's booty. And we were like, why? And he was like, he can't shoot. And it's like, <laughs> that's not the point of the class. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but uh, it's it's very fun. I mean, I've enjoyed branching out now. I'm mm-hmm. promoting my third character now. Me too. Um, but it it's made to accommodate like such a, a wide variety. Yeah, um, and also if anyone recommend. cares about this, I unlocked a perk that lets me make one of the aliens my friend and I call him <gasps> Steve. Yeah. So... I love that. Steve comes in clutch. Steve puts in the work, let me tell you. Especially when I'm bad at things, because he'll just follow you, and then if anything attacks you, then he is defending you with his life, and good for Steve is all I say. Yeah, yeah. Um, But that's that's Deep Rock. I would would need to watch it before I'm sold on it, I think, a little bit of gameplay, because I do like first-person shooters a lot, but the whole, like... Uh, co-op live, not live service, but like a season pass kind of a thing. Well, I guess other than yeah. Fall Guys, I it is tough to sell me <laughs> on something like that. Yeah. So I I would need to to watch it to see. But what does look interesting is there was apparently a board game based off of this. Yes, yes, we want to get really it. I really want to get it. It's expensive. It's expensive. But oh I really? Want it so bad. It looks beautiful. It's expensive because they have like really detailed minis of and everything. A lot of them, yeah. yeah. That that sounds fun. And have you heard of the other spinoff game, the Deep Rock Galactic Survivor that they just made? 
Yeah, that's the one that um, where I mentioned they were just making a roguelite. We haven't tried it. Oh, yet. Oh, that's the it, one. It okay. Only, yeah, yeah, yeah. It only just okay. got announced, but I'm I'm interested. Roguelites can sometimes frustrate me. Yeah. Um, doing the same thing over and over is sometimes not interesting to me, but I'm willing to try it because I love Deep Rock. Yeah. yeah. Rock and Stone. Um, I I am curious. I will say one of the things to like listeners who are maybe becoming aware of that game for the first time. I'm not 100% sure it's developed by the same team. Um, I know it's published by the same studio. I don't, because I saw uh, they made an announcement of it on their Steam Mm. page, and the wording made me slightly suspicious that it might be that, like, the studio owns the IP, and so they got a different team to make this up. There's another Mm. game under the IP. Mm. I might be completely wrong about that, Mm -hmm. so, like, you know, don't judge the game, but I'm just saying, like, if you're looking for a Deep Rock experience... I would highly recommend checking out Deep Rock. Even Nick, like, um, the the nice thing about the the season pass and all of that is that it is, like, tucked away. Like, it's part of the game. You're always unlocking progress for it. But it is not, like, uh, it's not tied it's to optional. abilities yeah. or anything like that. It is purely cosmetic. And then you also have your separate cosmetics that, like, are always available uh, at your own, like, cosmetic you just, terminal. As you go through, you level up, and it's basically just a way to earn more rewards for you to buy more upgrades. But it's optional. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's all basically just, like, right now it's critical corruption. So, like, one of the big, uh, the big things that they have is, like, um, a weapon skin that adds, like, the corruption to your guns or, like, special paint jobs for your armor and that kind of thing. Which I love because yeah. now my scout is rocking purple armor and it looks badass. So. Yeah, honestly, I didn't know that Terminal was there for a hot second, so I, I hadn't done any of the season pass stuff. Yeah. And then I realized I was, like, level, like, 15. I was yeah. like, wait, what is this Terminal? Yeah. And I was like, oh, Okay, and there's a little tree to unlock all the stuff. It's it's mm-hmm. very different from like Fortnite. It's not microtransactiony at all. No, no, no. I would recommend checking it out. Um, if the word season pass scared anyone off, please don't let it because the core game uh is designed without that in mind. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, but that's probably enough about Deep Rock for now. Mm-hmm. Go check it out. Um, Michael, I believe you've been playing a, a, a different kind of game lately, no? Yes. Um, so I am coming in with a nice ice cold take for everyone on Pokemon Violet. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's been out for a hot minute now. <laughs> um, but I, I'm a more casual gamer. So like I come back into gaming and then I kind of like take a break from it for a while and then come back. Um, and it's been on my list for a while to pick up and play, um, because for a couple of different reasons, I've always really enjoyed the Pokemon franchise and a lot of nostalgia for me, uh, mixed up. So I've always really enjoyed the games. I've yet to play one that I haven't particularly enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I was excited to pick this up and I picked it up over Christmas um, and I have been playing it pretty much nonstop. Um, and I really like it. Uh, the this open is the world, most recent one that came out, Yeah, right? this is the most recent um, mainline game. Uh, the open did you, world by any is chance... really exciting. Yeah. No, please. Sorry. No, I was just going to ask, did you by any chance play Arceus? I did not. I did. I, okay. I did as well. But yeah, I have a similar question. If you're going to ask him later, what I think you're going to. I was, I was. Uh, but Michael, go go on, and we'll we'll ask you later. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so the open world was a really exciting concept that I was excited to get into, and I did like it. I think, however, that Pokemon is structured in a way of very much like linear progression of like you go to this gym and then you go to this gym and then you go mm-hmm. to this gym and you progress through kind of like that story. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure they quite nailed kind of like the guiding forces of which way they kind of wanted you to go mm-hmm. in. Sure. The gyms, you, I think you could kind of tackle them in any order you wanted to as long as you could overcome the strength of it. I don't think there was anything stopping you like in p- past games to prevent like you progressing and going different down different routes. They would have like a Snorlax in the way or something like that. Um, or a bunch of Psyduck or whatever it was. Um, and this, like, you could pretty much once you were past the tutorial and, like, had, like, kind of the first gym under your belt, I think, it was, like, very much, like, all right, go explore um, and find your way through, like, the different gyms, the different um, titans is, like, kind of a storyline that they've got going on. There's And then um, this, like, Team Star thing um so there's like three different kind of like major plot lines that you're following um with three different like i guess you could call them rivals slash friends um and there were some really great story beats with it particularly i really enjoyed the story beats with team star it was a very different approach from previous games for me that i've played Mm -hmm. granted there's a quite a big chunk of like pokemon games that i didn't play um from like fourth, no, not fourth, fifth generation, like to like seventh generation. Mm-hmm. I never played those games really. Um, so I picked back up with like Sword and Shield um, and then played Violet as well um, now. And I really appreciated that like the, it was an interesting way to go about it with not having like, I say that there isn't a cataclysmic event, but there is kind of something, but it comes in so quick at the end that you don't, like, there isn't, like, a big buildup. Like, I always think of, like, Ruby and Sapphire mm-hmm. and how the the buildup of Team Magma and Team Aqua as, like, this, like, force to be reckoned with, like, throughout yeah. the game. And, like, it's progression of, like, they're not just, like, kind of goons stealing Pokemon. They're, like about to like set the world on fire kind of thing. Yeah. And I appreciate that Team Star wasn't that. It was, I'll kind of, I don't know if, would it be, I don't know. Do we talk about spoilers? Yeah, let's try and avoid like deep spoilers, but yeah. you can you can give us, I mean, give us some vague it's, ideas. It's very much about the the central conceit of your character is that you have joined this Pokemon school in the region. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are a student taking classes and doing extracurricular activities and like the gym and all these other storylines that you can go on are kind of like your extracurricular activities that they're like, find your treasure is what they keep saying. Um, mm-hmm. and spoiler alert, the treasure is the friends you find along the way kind of vibe. Aww. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so there were like some really great story beats for me that, um, were different from previous Pokemon games that I've played Mm -hmm. where a lot of it was like friendship based and a lot of it was about like the friends you made along the way kind of vibe. Whereas like previous games, like 
you've you've prevented this cataclysmic event from unfolding in time yeah. and yeah, space yeah. ripping through our region or whatever the heck it is. So that was interesting that this open world created like a larger scope for you as the player to explore, but the story almost became smaller, which mm-hmm. was an interesting yeah. juxtaposition. I'm not sure it entirely worked. I think because you were bouncing around from different things and you weren't following it necessarily linearly, how they might have like envisioned it, I feel like there were like things that could have been more impactful if you were going in a certain way. And I kind of missed having areas like blocked off and like having like that kind of goal driven, like, oh, well, I can get here if I go and do this and finish that part of like the story. Yeah. So I kind of, I missed that in a way. But at the same time, like the open world was really exciting to be able to explore and like being able to go and find like, because I tend to, when I play Pokemon, I tend to gravitate towards certain types. Mm -hmm. So like, and the types that I gravitate towards tend to not be usually available too early on, like Mm -hmm. the ice type. I know it's the weakest type. I know no, it's the weakest no, type in I the game. I respect it. The ice type are so cool and they're adorable a lot of the yeah. time. So I love the ice type. Um, when I was a kid, I really liked the dragon type. Mm-hmm. Um, just because at that point I was like, power! Ah! <laughs> um, but these days I really like, um, oh, I've always been a fan of the psychic type. And sometimes you can find some psychic Pokemon, like usually around the mid part of the game. But like... S- with this open world, you can find all these different types of Pokemon pretty early on. Like, you can mm-hmm. go out and, like, find what you want and build the team that you want, which is really exciting. Because the level scaling is as if you're progressing linearly, though, you can find, like, really high-level Pokemon that you might want and then go back and defeat, like, the lower-level gyms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... I think what might have been more successful is if they want to do like this open world situation where you can defeat what it, whichever gym, I think it level scales to like, okay, this is your first gym. So it's between this level and that level. It doesn't matter which one you pick. Yeah. And I think that would have take, maybe taken a lot of planning and I don't know what kind of like is involved with it, but I think that would have been very interesting where, cause like, when you think about Pokemon in the anime, it's very much about, um, like, the only kind of prog- real progression is, like, they learn a new move or, like, they evolve. You don't hear, like, them talking about, like, levels and everything. Right. Yeah. So, like, yeah. you can kind of go with the, like, to whichever gym and you don't necessarily know what levels they are. So that, taking inspiration from that could be a good way to level scale in the game um so that's kind of my thoughts on the open world bit and i've touched on the story um in terms of other things that i wanted to talk about um so the some mechanical changes from when i used to play um like at around generation four the leveling up is so much easier now that's good i don't know when that changed where like you like you didn't like all the Pokemon in your party got XP from mm-hmm. 
beating another Pokemon. And I was like, whoa, this is radical to me because I remember the days of like throwing an EXP share on your weak Pokemon, putting him out front and then retreating him and then putting in the strong ones. So that way you could like get it the XP you wanted. I'm trying to think because I remember also being like super impressed with that. I think that the... Because I haven't played every single Pokemon game. Uh, Ruby was actually my first. But I do think that I remember that I played Pokemon Pearl. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that one? Yes. Diamond and Pearl were the last ones that I played like right when they had come out. And then after that, I kind of fell off for a while. If I remember correctly, I think that it's in that game too. No, that's it's in the remake of Diamond and Pearl. But the the OG Gen 4 was still the old way of doing it. I don't think they added the EXP like everyone has experience mm-hmm. until like sun and moon maybe because even x right. and y yeah. didn't it was like one of the later games yeah was yeah, the first. yeah what ended up happening for me with that is that because all of them were leveling up there were some poke and because like i was like so into like exploring everything i was so over leveled by the time like i actually went and kind of did like mm-hmm. the mainline quests mm-hmm. that like they were just so easy yeah I didn't feel very challenged Mm. as I was progressing through the different gyms, which was kind of a bummer because like sometimes like, yes, it's frustrating when you got stuck on a gym in like the other games, but Mm -hmm. there was something really like fun about, all right, well, I didn't defeat it this time. Let me go train up in the roots against the wild Pokemon and other trainers, and then I'll come back to the gym and see if I can beat it. So I missed that element this time around and i don't know if that was just me just being like maybe i need to be more disciplined about like just going to the gym to be able to get that challenge but i don't no, but think that's that's the point of an open world if the gyms are meant to be a challenge then the structure isn't supporting yeah, that. yeah yeah did you run into i remember um i ran into the issue when all when the xp share became like a for sure thing i ran into the issue where i would find a pokemon i really liked but my pokemon were such high level i couldn't get it low to catch it without just insta killing it. so that's why i invested a lot in quick balls Mm. where you can just like the quick ball where you can just throw it at the beginning of the oh that's smart battle and that's like its highest rate of catching so I used a lot of quick balls once I realized how high level my Pokemon were yeah. <laughs> in regards to everything else. And then what ended up happening with the like easy ease of EXP mm-hmm. um, was that there were some Pokemon in my party that I didn't end up using as much because they were kind of, I don't know, that like, because I use like, I used kind of like all ghost types pretty much mm-hmm. for this yeah. run um, for my first playthrough. And there was like one, like a cup, like one or two that like I didn't use as much because like the others just like were kind of like my favorites and were out front. Yeah. And then like because A, I was high level and wasn't like my health wasn't falling and I didn't faint at all. So like those other Pokemon, yes, they were continuing to level and were pretty much at the same level as the others, but they weren't like being used my front men and women yeah. and non-binary <laughs> children <laughs> so yeah i found like that was i don't know i feel like some of the challenge of the old games but maybe i'm just also like older to i'm not fair, like uh... i'm not like a 11 12 year old michael like going up against pokemon 
anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, to be fair, as a as a far more casual Pokemon guy, like my only Pokemon experiences have been uh, Let's Go Pikachu and then Arceus. I like Let's um, Go Pikachu. So I've never played what I would probably define as like a proper mainline Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed my experiences for what it's worth. Uh, definitely as someone who always gets intrigued when one comes out and starts to read up on it. I don't think there's anything wrong with demanding more of Game Freak when they are developing games for the mo- the most profitable franchise on the face of the planet. Yeah. Um. And you know, I I see what what they're making and like, and and it it could also be that I'm not exactly the the ex- the right Pokemon mm-hmm. audience, but like also seeing what other people are able to accomplish with the Switch, like, it just seems like they should be able to modernize it a little bit more and account for some of these things that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think it's just such a beloved franchise and so nostalgic that they kind of ride on that a little too much at times. I agree. Like, I remember, uh, I I really enjoyed Arceus, actually, even Mm -hmm. though I know it's, like, very different from a traditional Pokemon game. And the reason I haven't picked up anything since is because I'm like, oh, I would like to see what they do with, like, this game in a a more traditional, like, setting. Yeah, yeah. And then I just see that it's good to hear that they have the open world now, but it just seems like they didn't quite carry over all the, like, great lessons. And I I don't know what the general public reception was to, like live catching in the game where you're like you're catching them in the real world you're not entering a battle screen Mm -hmm. but i loved that and i really want to see something more like that um you know produced for like a a mainstream game even if you have to bring the scale back which also like fun note from what you've told me on the story um i think it's so interesting that we're in this trend now where like Everyone wants smaller scale stories. Yeah. And it's fun to see like how different franchises are are trying to do that. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say um that the my thoughts from Pokemon Arceus, which I think it sounds like Pokemon Violet was Violet was like in the same vein of that and just expanding upon it, was like it was such a big jump to go from like the traditional Pokemon like linear progression to open world that even though maybe it like didn't hit all of the boxes that like the traditional Pokemon story might, it was still kind of like, oh, but I can't wait to see how they improve upon it now that they have began the open world model. And so I do think that if there's a world where they keep it open world, but they improve the like leveling or they they still have guidance of like mm-hmm. where it is suggested, I think that, or more guidance if there is guidance, I think that that would I would like to see that. Or even for me, like, it doesn't have to be open world because Mm -hmm. open world, I I think we're starting to see a move away from it. But people just, like, over-relied on the idea of an open world, even when games didn't call for it. Um, Which, to be fair, Arceus was, like, more like open sector, I think, more so than open world. Mm -hmm. But what what I want to see from the games, which I did not see in the offerings from Scarlet and Violet, at least from what I saw like trying to make a purchasing decision Mm -hmm. is that I just want a game that's more responsive to you and like really like makes you feel like, like you're in that world Mm. and just, just to modernize it, that, that touch. But Michael, I'm, I'm curious, like as someone who's playing through this and who has played through a lot of the other games, like 
what is it about this franchise and these games that speaks to you? And like, how do you feel this game did on fulfilling, you know, those promises, I guess? Um, I guess what speaks to me, like, there's something about like the style of it, like the, like, um, finding companions and like the dual base kind of like turn-based combat system is something I gel with well. Um, okay. Shocking given my D and D turn-based <laughs> yeah. combat uh, <laughs> experiences. And Could you imagine that. if D and D or any TTRPG was not turn-based and you just that started shouting at the chaos. DM? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess. Yeah, it's like, it's the kind of like the cutesy fact, not like cutesy. I don't think that's, I mean, there is an element of like the cutesy with the Pokemon. And then like, yeah, yeah, there is something about when I was younger playing the games, so many of the stories were about like growing up, coming mm-hmm. of age, facing life's sure. difficulties. And as you progress through the story, the Pokemon, like the lower level Pokemon and the unevolved Pokemon are like, the cutesy little baby ones. And like that reflects like where you are kind of like in your youth and like you're young and naive. And then like the Pokemon get more intense and the design gets more intense as like you level up and progress to the story and like your character matures and is like you mature. So I think there is a connection for me between um, me finding my maturity and my growth and that kind of happening at the same time as I was playing these games. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that like built the connection for me and then has me coming back to relive my childhood traumas. But and you know what? <laughs> the the game studio too needs to mature and grow, I feel like, mm-hmm. because yeah. they haven't as time has gone on. Yes, we, we go with the open world idea now. We add like little um, quality of life conveniences to these games, which are great and very welcome changes. But even coming after Arceus, and, and I'm a I'm a big Pokemon fan. I started with Gen 3. I played all the way to X and Y. I took a break because they bored me after a while. It was all the same, 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 same. And I jumped back on the train for Arceus because it seemed like such a different thing. And it was. There was definitely issues. Like, there was plenty of things to iron out with that game. But it was very unique and just a different version of what we all know and love. And then this, um, these new games were just like a step backwards. It felt like, like we're doing the same yeah. thing and we're not even doing it well. Like I love the new designs of the starter Pokemon. Like they're all fun, but it, it we're, we're not chunk. doing anything. Yeah. New or, or interesting with it and, and not doing it well either. Like they're not doing the same things well because there was so many, um, graphics issues that I heard about when the game first came out at least mm-hmm. of like, pop-ins and like lagging and things like that so yeah. eh, I'm still and, and, and i don't i could be my i i need to get uh additional storage for my switch because the, i think the memory is very full um yeah. and i don't know if that's the la- the lagging issues that i've been having but there's well, been a few lagging issues because and your storage is is like set aside you already install the games like it's not quite the same as like on a phone or a computer whereas mm. your hard drive fills up you start to suffer so like that's that's the thing and and that's part of like uh, again as a casual fan I, i'm not like incensed about it but yeah like the fact that the performance is a pair is still like struggling a bit on the switch i'm hearing 
Yeah. So like, I, yeah, I've been having some performance issues as well. Like where um, if I've noticed that like if I'm, if I engage in a Pokemon battle, like on any sort of like angled hill slope moment, mm-hmm. um, the camera will pop kind of like to be halfway between the <laughs> floor <laughs> Like, so you're seeing, oh, like, no. just, like, the nothing, like, digital abyss. <laughs> oh, no. Then, like, the world the, above. The void. <laughs> so that's been, I've been, like, the first time, the first few times that happened, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Note to self, try to engage. And have they added things to do in the open world, or is it still just, like, a lot of nothing? Yeah, you just go around finding Pokemon that you want to find right. and finding, like, little shiny bits on the ground to pick up and items um the dlc has added some uh like new locations but it's pretty much like rinse and repeat same kind of like there isn't um anything necessarily new to do and sometimes also the ai can be like the ai that you're facing Mm -hmm. up against can just make like stupid choices (laughs) It's like you just you just knew that that move failed last round because it doesn't affect me and you're going to continue to try to use it. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I would say eh, I'd say Pokemon Go is better at that, but sometimes I would have the same comment for Pokemon Go with just like the regular Team Rocket grunts and they also never use shields. Only the leaders use shields and it's like, hmm. I think they might be smarter. Yeah, it's just like, I I get that these games and the market is like children, Mm -hmm. but I think you can still like shoot for children, but deliver a well-made game that is kind of universally enjoyable. That's not always the case, but I think with Pokemon historically, that kind of has been the case. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's a little disappointing um, to, to hear that they they don't really want to go that extra mile and make it a, a great game. They just want to make it like just cute enough and just enjoyable enough that it'll sell and mm-hmm. people will play it. Mm-hmm. And maybe they'll add a little bit more next time. Where like, again, this being the giant franchise that it is, you know, this isn't Pikmin that like my dad and one person on the street have heard about. Like this I is like Pokemon, Pikmin. you know? And I think with Pokemon, like imagine if they had their kind of, like Breath of the Wild moment where I'm not saying go like full open world, like whatever. Like it could be a very, a very linear game. It could be a super linear game, but really sit back, say like, hey, what do we like about this world? What are some other interesting ways to explore it? What's like a new way to look at this game? Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu is like, is awesome. <laughs> it's, it is objectively <laughs> awesome. It is objectively uh, and awesome. And I believe they are, uh, I, I don't know if they're remaking the first, no, they're, they're doing a sequel for the Switch, I think. So like, I am kind of looking forward to that. But that's what I mean. Like, find these like cool new ways to look at it or whatever, like something like Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, like, uh, like at least it's, it's a different concept. And I think Arceus was starting to move in that direction. And so it got someone like me who like I enjoyed my first baby experience with Pokemon to be like, oh, they're doing something cool with it. I, re- I really want to check it out. And I don't know why they didn't just like kind of invest in that more 
like maybe they are maybe they're making something now and we we will eventually be in heading in that direction like that i think should be the next step make another legends game with new mechanics updated mechanics improved um gameplay things and and go down that route like i think that should be the future of where Mm. pokemon goes rather than like the the same old same old that's what i feel personally yeah i think there will always be a place for like the not necessarily the same old, same old, but like those like mainline classic games because yeah. like there's always going to, well, maybe not always, but there's always going to be like a new generation of kids that are going to um like come in and pick up the games because like nostalgia from the parents maybe like has them yeah. buy it for their kid and like then they are, then it'll create the nostalgia machine for those kids that are playing that game for the first time and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? There's also like a lot of I think there's a lot more competition in the space for games as well these days. So they I don't yeah. necessarily think they can rest on their laurels. Um, and yeah, I I, I think the they have thing. very big laurels to rest on. I guess. <laughs> um, but like you, you know, I, I've heard pretty decent things about like, for example, the Pokemon, I think it's Diamond remake or whatever that came out. Like mm-hmm. I, it also had its fair share of tech issues, which is like, come on, dude, like hire three more people. Um, like you, you, or you give can them make the time it. to work out the bugs before. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, but for sure, like. Because I've heard good things about the remakes. Again, as as a Let's Go Pikachu enjoyer, <laughs> apologist, what have you, um, I really enjoyed it as a my first foray into the world and as a remake of the original game. Like I know it has its issues with some of the more hardcore fans, but um, I think it's a perfect jumping on point. It was for me, and I think it would have been perfect for like any kids. And like you have so many Pokemon games that like you can totally get like a a TikTok cadence where it's like, hey, here's a really great remake of like a classic game uh, and it's it's a little more simplified and it's great to like bring people on. And then here's something like a little more new and, and a little funky. And, and I think that it would it would do them some some good. But um, so, Michael. Yeah. Should you buy it, though? Um, If you are a lover of the classic games and you just kind of like like anything Pokemon, I would say Yes. I I do not regret buying it. I enjoyed it very much. I also had some Christmas money to spend. So there you go. I would yeah. say it's a should I buy it with stipulations of if you've got the spare cash and you love Pokemon, you're going to have a good time. Perfect. That's fair. And sometimes that's all you need. Mm-hmm. There, There is a big audience for that. Um... But yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you're playing it. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I yeah. know we, we were just like kind of ragging on the company as a whole a little bit, but I think it's born out of like you know it, it's it's a born out of a, a love of and wanting loves. them to continue to grow and do better because exactly like, exactly it there it is a beloved franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same goes for for a lot of things. I, I I think personally, the more you love something, sometimes the harder you need to be on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. Um, and Nick, I believe you have brought something in today. I have. So, um, this game is a, it's a pretty recent game. Came out, uh, last year in November. Um, it just won the game awards for best narrative, best art direction, best direction. Um, and it's a sequel. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to talk about Alan Wake 2. Um, very good game. Yeah. 
uh, by Remedy. And a little bit of Should I Buy It Though lore. If you go way, 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 <laughs> way back, the only other Remedy game we've covered is Control. And Control might be our most unique episode we've ever, ever done on this show. So By far. <laughs> so, listen, we, we, we got to try new gimmicks sometimes. Okay? Yes. <laughs> oh, it was that was fun. That was hilarious. We had a Geo on for that one too that was a good time um but control we all really really enjoyed um for what i remember when we played that game michael did you play that with us control yeah i don't think so i it's not ringing a bell let me i don't believe so yeah i don't think so either okay but um we played that for the show and then that's the only experience i had with remedy games and then i saw Alan Wake 2 was coming out and everyone seemed to like really enjoy it. I had kind of heard it um, in passing, but my first experience with it was the Easter egg that popped up in control. There was an Easter egg for Alan Wake in there. And I'm like, oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about that. So um, when the second game came out about a month later, I decided to decided to check out the first game because it was free on PlayStation, I guess for PlayStation plus um subscribers so i played through the entire first game and it was good it came out in 2010 it was a ps3 game um it is similar to control in that it's like an action adventure game but um it's also it has survival horror elements as well the first game isn't really scary it's more actiony um it's less um because in control you're kind of like a Jedi in many ways, so yeah. it, it it's definitely a lot, lot more grounded than that. You're like a dude with a gun and a flashlight, and the way the gameplay loop works in Alan Wake is, um, you're fighting these dark entities. You shine a flashlight on them to stun them, and that weakens them. So then you shoot them, and that eliminates the enemies. And the whole process of going through that game is you're running from light source to light source to escape a lot of the dark creatures and it's fun that's where the like the the survival comes into play so i picked up the sequel thinking like okay the, the first game was fun but if it's more of that i don't think i'm going to love it um but no they add like a whole whole lot more in this game and the whole thing with remedy games is the narratives are always very interesting like in control they give you like a lot of nuggets of cool like information and cool ideas but by the end of it mm-hmm. They don't answer everything. They leave a lot up to interpretation of like different dimensions and different world events and 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 crazy like weird things happening. Alan Wake is very much the same thing. It's very abstract with certain concepts of um, the real world versus like the dark world that he's kind of trapped in and going back and forth between those. Because in Alan Wake Two. There's actually two playable characters. There's Alan that you play as, and then there's um, a new character called Saga, who was not in the first game, but she's an FBI agent in this game. And the game flips back and forth. Um, It's not a linear story. You play as Saga for a little bit, and then you flip back to Alan, and then you flip back to her. And as the game goes on, you get the choice like, oh, you could keep playing her story, or you could go to Alan for a little while, and you, you have that option um, as the game goes on, which is really cool. And you get different bits of the story through their different, um, their different games between the two of them. And they have different gameplay gimmicks depending on who you play as. Um, and 
I just thought this was an improvement in every way from the first game. And what's very interesting about this is if you were a fan of Control, which a lot of you are, um, or a lot of us are or were at the time, um, not for the audience. I'm assuming you're a Control fan. Um, <laughs> the it, it it plays a lot more with this is kind of like Remedy's universe now. So the Federal Bureau of Control. There's like some like hints and, and pop-ups like as you play the game of their presence there. Um, so I found a lot more enjoyment out of this this time uh, experiencing that as a Control fan. Whereas in Control, I didn't really know anything about Alan Wake. So the connections didn't really make sense yeah, to me. Yeah. But in this game, it's a lot more of a thing. And I'm very interested to see in the future like if they made like a Control 2 or an Alan Wake 3, are we going to get, like, a merge at some point? Like, we're all main, our main character in Control, like, ever meet up with these characters? I That could be fun. I don't know. Um, but that that this whole, like, expansive universe is, is definitely fun. But the, the thing is, again, similar to Control, the story and the narrative here, it, it follows a complete story, but again... By the end of it, there is a lot that is still unanswered. So it won't be... It's a good ending and it's a good narrative. It won't necessarily be satisfying until they make like either a DLC or uh, another sequel that kind of like makes a, a complete story out of it. But but the journey all the way through is very, very intriguing and very fun. Um, it's a good mystery. And... Um, like I said in the first game, it's not quite survival horror. I didn't find that one scary. This one is very much like uh, it, it, it frightened me sometimes. I, I'm not saying it goes full like Resident Evil survival horror, but there's definitely some parts where it got dark and I'm like, oh, my flashlight is dying and I'm scared, <laughs> you know? So I'm afraid of the dark. So this sounds like my absolute like worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, and it plays with those those fears, certainly, of, like, your flashlight's running out of batteries, um, the lamp that you were standing under for protection could go out on you suddenly. Um, oh, they, no. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Um, but it, for people that are like, oh, I don't like horror games, I can't do that, it, it's not like a a horror horror like i said like resident evil is so you yeah. might want to want to give it a try you know but it, it's more there like are science fiction creepy science fiction uh there are there's some supernatural stuff too you know um yeah. I, i've heard also that like at there are sections of the game where it's almost kind of like genre bending like fourth wall breaky almost at times right um yes definitely genre bending i don't think they go full full well no like you know what i take that back there there's there's definitely one section of the game where um you could argue oh this is fourth wall breaking but it's like fourth wall within the universe they don't talk to the player you know um but yeah absolutely they 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 play with that idea a lot and they they like trick they mess with your head because they're messing with the the characters' heads too, mm-hmm. of like where am I? What's going on? Like, did I escape from this dark place? Did I not? Um, am, am I on my linear path? Am I in a different universe? What's happening? Um, so that that's all very cool. And Alan Wake's gimmick is that he's a writer, and the way that he's able to fight off like these these dark beings is he has to write 
his way like out of this horror story right so in the game you find different like plot elements that he has to write in the story to escape certain like sections of uh the game that he's in um in in an effort to kind of like escape from from the place that he's trapped in right and then saga's side of the story her gimmick is she's an fbi agent so she goes into her like mind palace and they call it that if you like sherlock you're familiar with (laughs) that term (laughs) and she maps out the whole investigation like in her mind so you're putting like pictures and um things that you investigated like onto this board and you could see it play out in front of you and she does like internal interrogations of like okay where was this person and you're like you see the investigation play out as the game goes on um in that mind palace of her so those are like the two different um uh gameplay loops that you're going through with the with the two characters so um and it's got like that quirky sense of humor if i don't know if you remember john from control the the doctor guy that was like dancing in those little videos that you pick up do you remember him i was obsessed with that doctor guy i'm a slut for that doctor guy oh my god (laughs) so you might want to try this game there might be an easter egg or two for you i don't know nick because you you had like you've texted me a couple of times about it and you already kind of had me sold on it because i'm interested in it because i like control I like that weird, like, it's just, like, yeah. brutalist, uh, like, liminal space, like, aesthetic with, yes. like, the weird sci-fi supernatural, like, going on. Um, so I'm I'm very much all, all in on that. Nice. Um, but especially if it brings back some of those, like... <laughs> wacky like they're intriguing and they're they're part yes. of the story yes. it's not like deadpool winking at the camera but it is wacky and and hilarious and just like they, they remedy has and i'm speaking from someone who's only played control but it had such a unique way of breaking up like the tension of the game that was uh delightful and then like immediately ramping it back up it's and all it's, of it's a that singular experience that is all here exactly what you just described it is the same vibe um different gameplay stuff but that vibe of like that quirkiness is still there it's still like interesting my favorite uh side characters in the alan wake universe is uh tor and odin who are these old dudes that live in like a nursing home but they used to be rock stars so they still like rock out you know so all that silliness is still there while still having like a very eerie undertone you know um there's a big like musical gameplay moment that i adore in this game kind of like control i think i know what you're talking about oh you Uh, do okay and it's i i think i think because i i had some not spoiled for me but like i saw something about it where is it uh like full motion video yes yes it is yes yes okay okay that that's all i'll say but like I I don't know why because it doesn't happen very often, but I love when a game will just randomly throw like actual video into it. It is so off-putting, yeah, in a and great way. It's weird. Not only does this game do that often, but in a couple of moments, like the one I just mentioned, it is mixed in with gameplay. So that's very yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Um. I highly recommend, though, my one warning to people is that I I feel as though you really need to play the first Alan Wake to completely enjoy this, um, just to kind of know where he's at 
in the story. Um, and kind of How long like are both of these games. Alan Wake One is not long. You can knock that out probably in a weekend, maybe a week if you're slower to do it. Um, Alan Wake Two is a little bit longer. I would say it's kind of okay. So Alan Wake One is like The Last of Us One, and Alan Wake Two is like The Last of Us Two. You know, gotcha. two was definitely a lot longer than one. So I would say it's like in that ballpark of length. And again, it depends if you want to fully explore everything or not. If you just do the main story, you don't really branch out, then it'll go by a lot quicker for you. If you explore everything, it might take you some more time. But Alan Wake 1 is pretty linear, pretty quick, so you can knock that out. But I do highly recommend playing the first game before you play this one. However, um, if you've never played Control, I don't think you need to play control to enjoy this game there's easter eggs and stuff things that you'll be like oh i know what that is but it's not uh, a necessity mm. okay cool cool yeah. i've googled uh, on the side about like i just to like look at the information on the game kind of and i was looking at images of it and i was like oh this looks like if you dropped Keanu Reeves into The Last of Us, <laughs> just like like image-wise, I'm like, that's what it's giving. It's giving um, John Wick dropped into The Last of Us universe, but I don't know if this is a post-apocalyptic game or what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does kind of look like Keanu with the long hair and the beard and everything. Oh, you see, I thought uh, from like the, the famous like cover image that I've always seen, I thought he looked like the Hound from Game of Thrones. Oh, the greasy oh. hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see that. I see yeah. that. Are you looking at the red one? Yeah. Yeah, so he is on top, and then at the bottom, the lady, that's the other playable character. Mm. The graphics are incredible. Um, This, yeah, this is like I'll one say. of the best graphics I've seen <laughs> in any game, personally. I was it, like, it's... for some of these like images that I was looking on Google, I was like, and is this like the mocap actor that they've got like posted for press here or what's happening? Yeah, that no, it's it's definitely impressive and it makes it even more confusing when they flip-flop between like the game and like the the moments of like there are actual actors <laughs> in the game, you yeah, know. That's so That's crazy. It's it's fun in it. playing on PS5? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it looks great. It's all narrative tied to those moments which is which makes it very interesting yeah how's performance been great fantastic i i don't think i've had any issues and and you could do performance mode or um what's the other one graphics mode i guess you could go for the yeah 60 fps or the pretty graphics and both uh looked fine to me i think i favored the 60 fps but you could do whichever one more frames are always better in my opinion yeah um Fantastic. Oh, that's so... Honestly, you kind of have me sold on this one. I'm like... I have a lot of stuff that I want to play, but this... I'm I am very intrigued. Uh, you're gonna... Yeah, you're gonna have to push through the first one, unfortunately. It's, it's a great story. You'll love that. The gameplay does get repetitive after a while because it is that... Would you recommend finding like a YouTube like oh, movie version of it? Yes, yes. Do that. Do that. Okay. Cool. And just go right to playing the second game. Yes. Fantastic. Okay. I think I'm I might just do that. Hell so yeah. should you buy it though? I feel like you I should buy it though. It's a great game. Um 
the only thing is if you do buy it, you're not going to be able to get a physical copy. They only did digital for this. Um, I guess that saved them money. I don't really know how that all works. So if you were trying to find it on Amazon, you're not going to find it. You're going to have to go to one of the online stores to to get it. Um, Good to know. But I don't think it's a full 70. I think at this point you could get it for about 50. Um, maybe even cheaper. Yeah, because that came out sale. like late last year, right? Yeah, it came out in like November or October ish. Okay. Uh, it didn't release for the full 70. It was all digital. So I think the base price was just 60. And then as time went on, they just um, reduced it a little bit. I, I got it for like $45. So. All right. Cool. Not bad. I, cool. I would probably pay that for for control, let alone, you know. Oh, I, yeah. From what I've heard about this one, it almost gets even trippier. So yes. uh, cool. that sounds like a really fun experience. This seems like it would be a fun game to like have like a couple people on the couch, like passing a controller around, like turn off the lights and just like trip together. Oh yeah. If you stream it, I'll watch it. But like, definitely it's one of those, like sit in a dark room and experience it with people kind of a game. That's probably a fun one to stream. I just might. I just might. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm glad we all got to talk about these fun things we've been playing. Do we have any other things? An honorable mention that will be very quick. It's not a new game and it's not DLC, but Cult of the Lamb just did like a big update that added a bunch of new content that I, whenever like me and John aren't playing Deep Rock together or one thing or another and I'm playing on my own, I always gravitate to Cult of the Lamb because number one, it's adorable. Number two, they also kind of have missions, so it's easy to play for like 10 or 15 minutes. But they've just done a huge update called Sins of the Flesh. So there's a ton of new curses. There's a ton of new things. You're cult members can fight and you have to break up the fight oh yeah for for people who don't know what cult of the lamb is yes yes. a a quick one sorry sorry so basically you are a lamb that was going to be sacrificed by evil gods but an ancient one resurrects you and is like i saved you for this purpose create your own cult rise up and defeat the evil gods that tried to slay you. And so you're going around saving little creatures. They they kind of look like the best thing I can think of uh, visually is like if you've seen the little creatures on the cover of Root. They yeah. kind of look like that where they're like wood they're like bipedal woodland creatures and they're so cute. And you go around and you save them and you get like every run you get uh, a new weapon and a new like um magic ability and then you're just going through and trying to like make beds for your followers make like a worship thing you have um you have rituals that you can do and prayer and so it's like hades meets animal crossing but instead of building a community you're building your cult exactly (laughs) i love it it is adorable like it's so cute and it's super easy super fun yeah, and Michael. Just, I think you would. Love I think it. you would love that. I literally, it is so cute. I could not recommend it more. But what's so exciting is they just like, as if there wasn't already a lot of content to do. There is like a whole new update now to where your cult members can fight with each other, and then you, as the lamb, have to break up the fight. They can get married and into relationships, and now they can do the woohoo and have kids. And that's crazy. And there's more sins, and there's more like curses in the game, and. 
So I've been tr- I've been playing more recently to try to get to those like updates to see them, but it's just super exciting because this game was already adorable. Like me and John played it at the same time separately and it was just like I can't like, believe we didn't do an episode on it. I know, but it was so cute. And now it's like there's this whole big update that is free if you already own the game. If you buy it now, it'll be included. Like it's not content you have to pay for, and it's like a whole new big update. So shout out to Cult of the Lamb. I love I might yeah, try that. Great, I might try team. that. It's so. I, and it looks like it's available on Switch, so that's it good for is, me. I could not recommend it more. It's it's a yeah. perfect uh, Switch game. Yes. Uh, in Hannah's case, Steam Deck. Um, <laughs> but yes, it's it is sweet. very cute. Cool. Yeah. But all right, cool. Another great wreck. Wow, today what and, a positive and episode. You <laughs> should buy it though, though, though. Yeah. Um, but I guess that covers all we had to say. Thank you guys so much yeah. for listening. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out here. Uh, if you guys like this format, let us know. If you have recommendations for stuff you want to hear us talk about, new or old, uh, you know, tweet at us at Should I Buy Pod. Um, if you want to see the streams that we do on on the occasion, uh, check out twitch.tv slash whimsicproductions. Check out our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash should I buy, uh, so that, you know, you can get in touch with us and support the show and help us uh, pay for all of this cool stuff and give you our opinions. Yeah. Um, and if you want to hear more of all of these lovely people, feel free to check out our our sister show, Dungeons and mm-hmm. Drimbus, uh, which features mm-hmm. all of these lovely talents uh, at their best, at their <gasps> tabletop RPG uh, A game, uh, really giving their all. Look at all the all these beautiful, amazing, talented actors. We we love to see them. But anyways, so. thank you so much for listening. I will not. <laughs> uh, and we'll talk at you real soon. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.